Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kawan Saluja. Our first reading comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, and the topic is denial. I've been recovering many years. I've used denial many times. It has been a defense, a survival device, a coping behavior, and at times, almost my undoing. It has been both a friend and an enemy. When I was a child, I used denial to protect my family and myself. I protected myself from seeing things too painful to see and feeling too overwhelming to feel. Denial got me safely through many traumatic situations when I had no other resources for survival. Yeah, and I think denial and also addictions, it's like I've learned in recovery and really it's taken me a while to kind of appreciate some of the addictions that I had because it was too painful. I didn't have the resources um, that I have now. And I think that was the other beautiful thing about recovery for me is it just shows a different way of living. And for me, like survival was the best case scenario uh, prior to coming into recovery. Back to the reading. The negative aspect of using denial was that I lost touch with my feelings and myself. Yeah, this is quite the price to pay, you know, but it was a, you know, out of self-preservation. It wasn't something, you know, live in such a society that seems to emphasize a right or wrong aspect of doing things, but rather than you know, unfortunately, this is just kind of a reality. Uh, back to the reading. I became able to participate in harmful situations without even knowing I was hurting. I was able to tolerate a great deal of pain and abuse without the foggiest notion it was abnormal. Yeah, like to be in my head, sometimes I don't really listen to my body. Back to the reading. I learned to participate in my own abuse. Denial protected me from pain, but it also rendered me blind to my feelings, my needs, and myself. It was like a thick blanket that covered and smothered me. Eventually, I began to recover. I had a glimpse of awareness about my pain, my feelings, and my behaviors. I began to see myself and the world as we were. There was so much denial from my past that had the blanket been entirely ripped from me, I would have died from the shock of exposure. I need an anger and hurt and just a whole bunch of feelings to try to deal with on my own. I needed to embrace insights, re remembrances, awareness, and healing gently, gradually. That's the gift of the steps for me. Nothing changes without that. Otherwise, it's just me reading more interesting books and feeling better temporarily, which, you know, in a lot of ways itself was, you know, again, it's a good thing to do, but I don't have to do it anymore. And long term, it really didn't. Whatever it was I was looking for, it really didn't have any kind of produce any kind of long lasting impact. I still use and break through denial as needed. When the winds of change blow through, upsetting a familiar structure and preparing me from the new, I pick up the, my blanket and hide for a while. Sometimes when someone I love has a problem, I hide under the blanket momentarily. Memories emerge of things denied, memories that need to be remembered, felt, and accepted so I can continue to become healed, strong, and healthy. Sometimes I feel ashamed about how long it takes me to struggle through to acceptance of reality. I feel embarrassed when I find myself again clouded by the fog of denial. Then something happens and I see that I'm moving forward. The experience was necessary, connected, not at all a mistake, but an important part of healing. It's an exciting process, this journey called recovery, but I understand I may sometimes use denial to help me get through the rough spots. I'm also aware that denial is a friend and an enemy. I'm on the alert for danger signs, those cloudy, confused feelings, sluggish energy, 
feeling compulsive. Wow, running too fast or hard. Avoiding support mechanisms. I mean, one of the most important parts of my day, honestly, is just lying down for five minutes. 10 would be better. <laughs> There's that perfectionism. That again was just a default coping mechanism that I had to do to get by, but I don't need it anymore. Um, back to the reading. It's an exciting process, this journey called recovery. Yeah, I definitely agree it's become that because I get to find out who I am and that's pretty cool. Back to the reading. But I understand I may sometimes use denial to help me get through the rough spots. I'm also aware that denial is a friend and an enemy. I'm on the alert for danger signs, those cloudy, confused feelings, sluggish energy, feeling compulsive, running too fast or hard, avoiding support mechanisms, avoiding people in my case. I've gained a healthy respect for our need to use denial as a blanket to wrap ourselves in when we become too cold. It isn't my job to run around ripping people's blankets off or shaming others for using the blanket. Shaming makes them colder, makes them wrap themselves more tightly in the blanket. Yanking their blanket away is dangerous. They could die of exposure the same way I could have. I've learned that the best thing I can do around people who are wrapped in this blanket is to make them feel warm and safe. Wow, warm and safe. What do they say? Com comfort the afflicted and afflict the comforted. Something like that. The warmer and safer they feel, the more able they are to drop their blanket. I don't have to support or encourage their denial. I can be direct. If others are in denial about a particular thing and their activity is harmful to me, I don't have to be around them. I can wish them well and take care of myself. You see, if I stand too long around someone who's harming me, I will inevitably pick up my blanket again. I tend to be attracted to warm people. When I'm around warm people, I don't need to use my blanket and I need to stick to warm people in recovery because there's a lot of people who are not. I've gained respect for creating warm environments where blankets are not needed, or at least not needed for long. I've gained trust in the way people heal from and deal with life. God help me be open to and trust the process that is healing from all I have denied from my past. Help me strive for awareness and acceptance, but also help me practice gentleness and compassion for myself and others for those times I've used denial. Boy, that was a long one. Um, that was great, but it was, uh, that was, uh, <laughs> was a pretty long one. The next reading also comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, and the topic is accepting our best. Oh boy. We don't have to do it better than we can ever. Do our best for the moment and then let it go. If we have to redo it, we can do our best in another moment later. And I, you know, it reminds me of John Wooden, legendary UCLA basketball coach, talking about doing your best is going to vary from day to day and, you know, based on your ability. We can never do more or better than we are able to do at the moment. We punish ourselves and make ourselves feel crazy by expecting more than a reasonable best for now. Striving for excellence is a positive quality. Striving for perfection is self-defeating. Wow. Th those two lines alone. I'm doing a lot of reading today, but those two lines alone. Excellence or perfection. It's not the same. And striving for excellence is a positive quality. Striving for perfection is self-defeating. Excellence involves some degree of having fun and relishing the moment. And perfectionism is just this constantly i'm always reaching i've got to get better you know i've got to put pressure on myself get better for what back to the reading did someone tell us 
or expect us to do or give or be more. Yes, absolutely. In childhood, I just had to be perfect in so many areas and areas I didn't even know. So I just had to guess. Did someone always withhold approval? Yeah, grandmother um, just wasn't shown. And uh, there comes a time when we, we feel we have done our best. When that time comes, let it go. There are days when our best is less than we hope for, like Wooden said. Let those times go too. Start over tomorrow. Work things through until our best becomes better. Empowering and complimenting ourselves will not make us lazy. That's very important too. This is, I love this one. Empowering and complimenting ourselves will not make us lazy. It will nurture us and enable us to give, do, and be our best. Today, I will do my best and then let it go. God, help me stop criticizing myself so I can start appreciating how far I've come. And now, the next reading is from ACA Strengthening My Recovery, and the topic is Grandchildren of Alcoholics. More and more people are identifying as grandchildren of alcoholics. Technically, these grandchildren of alcoholics are ACAs. They were raised by parents who passed on the disease of family dysfunction without having alcohol in the home. Some of us have wandered through life wondering why we had so many problems. Our childhoods were not filled with alcoholism or addiction, and yet there was a dark cloud over our homes. There's definitely felt like a dark cloud over our homes. We couldn't talk openly. We couldn't be ourselves. And at a certain point, that carried over. There was a lot of confusing behavior. We received punishments that didn't make sense, right? Like not using my, being told to use my gifts and then not using my gifts. We had to watch out for ourselves. Sometimes our parents were available, but often they were full of rage or confusion, or they seemed to mentally check out. The first time we heard the laundry list in a meeting, we related to many of the characteristics, even though no one drank or used drugs at home. We felt the need to be there. We heard others share and realized that ACA embraces all of us simply because we walked in the door. Working step one gave us an opportunity to draw a family tree. We soon saw the connection, alcoholism and addiction in past generations. The disease of family dysfunction was like a legacy. This helped us stop wondering if we belonged so we could focus on recovering. On this day, even if I can't pinpoint where there might have been addiction in my family, I know I belong in this program. I will use all of the tools available to me to recover from my family's not so unique dysfunction. And that those tools are done down in handwriting, mirror work, this is something I want to do, you know, book, bookend between now and uh, the next, next week's meeting. The final reading also comes from Strengthening My Recovery. The topic is Tradition 8. Sponsorship and 12-step work are free, but their special worker should be paid for his or her good work. All aspects of recovery in general are free. We give spirit service from a space of love in ACA so that every adult seeking recovery may find a safe place. I just forget, like, that is the room that I feel the safest in. Many of us are truly generous with our time and expertise, and we do not accept, expect or accept any compensation for giving a ray of hope to our fellow ACAs. We know what it is like to feel hopeless. My goodness, think about, just reminds me of that like Wednesday afternoon, I was in the gym and I decided to call a meeting. Whew, and where I am now. And we do not, and many of us are truly generous with it, and we do not accept or accept any conversation for giving a ray of hope to our fellow ACAs. We know what it is like to feel hopeless, looking for a way out. With joy in our hearts and hope in our words, we extend 
ourselves while seeking nothing in return, but some requests are too big to ask members to handle for free, day in and day out. For those jobs, we hire special workers, a staff or service center, and are responsible for sending literature, maintaining our meeting list, answering calls, and otherwise providing information about ACA to anyone who wants it. They help us spread the message. Without them, most people would have difficulty even finding a meeting. If we didn't have a newcomer's booklet and other printed information, each meeting would have to create their own material. These are essential ways that the ACA message reaches those who want it. It all fits together nicely, a combination of volunteers and special workers. On this day, I will share freely with the suffering adult child who is seeking to recover. I will also feel gratitude that ACA has special workers who serve the larger fellowship. And that concludes today's readings for Recovering Minor Child. Till next time, this is Kowan Saluja reminding myself that striving for excellence is a positive quality. Striving for perfection is self-defeating. To pause, because that's where God is, and to be still 